Thanks for joining us today on RV Tech Talk, a podcast produced by the National RV Training Academy that is devoted to discussing ways to keep RVs in tip-top shape and ways to make money fixing or inspecting recreation vehicles. My name is Greg Gerber, your host for today's show. Jared Douglas runs a business in Central City, Kentucky, where he offers RV inspections as well as RV repairs. He also provides a great deal of education to empower owners to better use their equipment. He attended the RV Fundamentals class at the National RV Training Academy in January 2022. However, Jared knew that he wanted to be in business for himself on the first day of training. After hearing the NRVTA founders share their stories of faith and their desire to help people during time of need, that sealed the deal for him. Jared worked in law enforcement and corrections for a number of years. Yet, as a serial entrepreneur, he always had a desire to be in business for himself. He sold insurance for 18 years, as well as owning property and operating a snow removal company. He caught the bug from his father, who was always moonlighting at something when Jared was growing up. He fell in love with the RV lifestyle as a teenager when he and his father rebuilt a travel trailer for the family to use on vacations. Jared learned how to fix RVs by being around his father, so he always carried a few extra RV parts wherever he traveled. Because of his RVing experience, Jared was often asked by friends to evaluate RVs they were considering buying. When he saw an advertisement for NRVTA training to become a certified RV inspector and RV technician, Jared jumped at the opportunity to start another business. To tell us more about his business and what he does to make it successful, please welcome Jared Douglas, the RV inspection guy, to the show. Thank you for joining me today, Jared. I really appreciate the time. Where is your business located? We're located in Central City, Kentucky. That's Muhlenberg County. We primarily service a few small parks in the area there, but we do travel to the surrounding counties. We've traveled as much as 100 miles for inspections. Most of, most of our business is tech work. We do offer inspections as one of our, I guess, one of our revenue streams for our business is inspections, but we find ourselves doing a lot of older education or older empowerment, even with our tech customers. Oh, I didn't know that done that, or, oh, I didn't know how to do that. So we find ourselves doing some instruction along the way. That's excellent. When did you start your business? I think I formed, I did the quote unquote official forming of the LLC in 21. I started through the inspector track with the fundamentals week at the NRVTA had already planned the two week inspectors course in January of 22. But on day one of week one of fundamentals, I informed my wife, I said, I'm coming back. Day one, week one, wow. before things even started. <laughs> what was it that attracted uh, your attention? I saw Terry Cooper circle his employees up for a Monday morning meeting before class started and he prayed over them. Oh, that's nice. And for me, that means a lot. Mr. Cooper's not ashamed of his faith. Mr. Anderson's not ashamed of his. I'm not ashamed of mine. I'm, I have a business involving RVs, but when it all shakes out, it's about people. And we have a blast meeting folks and getting to know folks and servicing them in a time of need, helping them in a time of need. Uh, but it, it, it is a business for us. But we enjoyed the fact that, that who Cooper and Anderson was 
and hearing their story about starting their business and their dream. And we, we appreciated that. So that was a decision I made day one, week one, mm-hmm. before class even started. What did you do for a living before you got into this business? I consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I have a little bit of history in law enforcement and Department of Corrections and went into business for myself. This is not our only business. This is one of our businesses, but it's a hobby that became a business. I've sold insurance for 18 years. We own rental property. We have a snow removal company come wintertime. And then the RV business, like I said, was a, a hobby that became a business. Had you RV'd in the past? Grew up RVing. <clears throat> my mother told me, and she and my father have since passed, but my mother told me that we camped in a car one time, but I don't remember that. But I do remember a tent camper and then a pop-up and then a travel trailer and a travel trailer and a motorhome. And my wife and I introduced our children several years ago to tent camping. And my wife had never done anything like this. It was way out of the norm for her, but she had to go through that tent pop-up travel trailer stage, just like everybody else did, but we accelerated that. We did that in June, July, and August of the same year. What attracted you into this business then? My father uh, was a painter and welder. He was a coal miner. And dad always kept something to work on. We'll call it moonlight. After supper, he would go to the garage and he would always have something in there that he was working on for someone. That that also enabled us to have a little nicer camper really than what we could afford because dad would buy something that needed to be worked on. And so I was always in the garage at times playing with my Hot Wheels while he was working on something. And when I was 16, my dad bought a fairly new travel trailer with, with some damage and dad made his first trip to Elkhart to get parts. And uh, we rebuilt that travel trailer and our family used it nearly new. And so I've always been the guy since we've RV'd, I've carried a few extra parts. I knew how to work on some of these things just from being around my dad. When someone was going to buy one, they would call, Hey Jared, I'm thinking about buying this camper. Would you go look at it? So I've done that for friends. And the last one, we were actually traveling home from Florida. And I told my friend, I said, don't buy it till I get home. Don't just don't do it yet. And he was just excited about it and he bought it and it had a few issues. And then he didn't know what he was doing and plugged it in to a 220 outlet and blew up the refrigerator, the microwave, the air conditioner control box and the converter. Oops. And in a, yeah. Oops. And so in all of that, my wife was like, you know what? Maybe we're going to start another business doing something with RVs. It's natural to you. Is and it? I said, I saw this ad about the school in Texas. And so that's where it started. Is that where the owner empowerment comes in as well? helping the consumers to realize that you can't plug those appliances into that kind of voltage? <laughs> oh, yeah. So that owner empowerment, that is not my term. I, I, I did not coin that. Alliance RV, which I'm an Alliance owner, so I'm an ally. That's what they call them. Alliance RV, they use that term. And I use it even on my, when I bill, when I fill out my bill, I'll put spent 
15 minutes in owner empowerment or 30 minutes in owner empowerment, or, hey, I bought this coach. I don't know how to use it. Come help me. That kind of thing. And I, so I call it owner empowerment. I want to say education. I don't want to say I want to teach you something. I say I want to empower you. And I really like that. So I did rob that from Alliance <laughs> RV. Somebody up there come up with that. Not many. Okay. So what kind of tech work do you do? Is it all mobile service or do people bring vehicles to you? We are mobile. We have a mobile service van. We, it is stocked. It is at times too stocked. It's, it's full. We had to put overload springs on it. We carry several thousand dollars worth of parts. You can't carry everything, but we try to carry the most popular things mm -hmm. and a lot of tools, a lot of industry specific tools, uh, air conditioner testers. We have a crane system to lift an air conditioner on top of the roof. Past two air conditioner swaps I done just within the past few days. The, both customers says, I probably could have done it, but I couldn't figure out how to get it on the roof. And I said, that's what you're going to pay me for because I can get it on the roof. It's always a show. Somebody, everybody looks, likes to see the air conditioner. Break. When you talk about having parts on your van, what, how much inventory do you have as a general rule invested in that? Probably between five and $7,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A lot of water heater, water heater parts, some air conditioner parts, capacitors, breakers, limit switches, control boards. And then we keep roof repair, sealants, anode rods, gas lines, fittings, lots of hex fittings and hex type. With an investment like vents. that, with an investment like that, is it safe to assume that you're able to do same day repairs for most of the things that you encounter? Lots of times we're able to do that. And then we have also made relationships with many of the national parts distributors. One of those parts distributors delivers to my area Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Another delivers on Tuesday, Thursday. They run a truck. And if I have a part that I'm in need of, I let them know on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening is the cutoff time. And Monday morning, somewhere between 9.30 and 10.30, I receive it. The big ticket items for a small business owner, which I am, it allows me to have a warehouse that I don't pay for that gets me things sometimes the next day. And that's neat. That means I don't have to stock those high dollar, high ticket items, but I have access to them. One of my distributors, if they don't have it in my primary warehouse, they have it in my secondary warehouse, and then it's two delivery trucks away. If I ordered it by the cutoff on Sunday evening, instead of it being Monday's truck, it would be Wednesday's truck. Lots of times it, it's there in a day. When you were going through training, what were some of the things that really stood out to you about this industry or about this opportunity? I own an RV. I am talking to you today from my RV. I love the lifestyle. I'm an advocate for the lifestyle, for the hobby. What stood out to me is the family aspect. And regardless of your walk of life, you can have someone that's in a $10,000, 15-year-old travel trailer parked next to a half a million dollar motor coach. And we're all RVers. We're all quote unquote campers. The camaraderie between the technicians. I, every day I talk to another technician. 
I may be working on one of my projects or one of my customers and get a phone call from another technician that wants to run something past me that they're experiencing. And even though we are not business partners, we are not, we are not employees, <clears throat> we are equals. We, we can exchange information and help that guy get my experience. And then he in turn gives me some of his experience. And so I think we learn a little faster. We gain a little bit of a little bit more experience because of the experience of others. That kind of camaraderie will help you and go a long way, I'm sure, in expanding. Oh, absolutely. Improving your customer absolutely. service and just being able to brainstorm with other people and refer when you're on overload, when you can't take any more clients, maybe they can and vice versa. You had been fixing RVs for a number of years, you said, for friends, et cetera. Did the training that you got at NRVTA really help you to improve your ability to service RVs or to do the troubleshooting a little faster? So again, my, my past experience was working on our family's coaches and helping somebody out when we were camping and they had a problem, that kind of thing. So I wasn't in business to do that, but absolutely the training was there to help, but it helps to be handy in the beginning. It, it helps to know how to use a multimeter, helps to have a set of tools and have used them before. So, so many of my, I guess I could say my life experiences kind of set the stage to get the formalized training certificates and certifications. <clears throat> and every now and then you run into a problem with a customer they had a problem with a shower door. We didn't train on shower doors. And I'll tell you, I'm from the country. I grew up on cornbread and beans. We are, uh, my town has 5,500 people in it. Okay. So I'm from a small town, but I use the term redneck because I am one. I grew up in the country. I never worked tobacco, worked hay, worked some friends' parents that cut hay. I drive a four-wheel drive truck, but I had a lot of redneck learning. From my dad, my dad, could, he's the kind of guy that could fix anything or figure it out. And so when this customer asked me to look at the shower, I'm like, let's just take it apart and see what we can come up with. I disassembled it and did the NRVTA prepare me for that one? Nope. Life prepared me for that one. But I was able to fix it for the customer along with other things that I was doing that NRVTA did prepare me for. You never stop learning. Because of your experience that you had in fixing RVs, in the past, before you had the training, did the certification help you establish you as a professional in the area when you started talking with clients or didn't it really make that big a difference? Absolutely. Learning how to properly troubleshoot a specific situation. Also having access to troubleshooting guides and flow charts. Along with the training at NRVTA, I've become Aqua Hot certified with Eric. So I went to the Lipper Technical Institute. I've had Victron training for solar and inverters. So we're just building on that platform that we got at NRVTA and expanding what it is we can do. And we're learning something new all the time. And again, because of the circle, and I know more folks across the country than I ever had. Again, I'm from a small town, but just today I've talked to someone in Florida 
Texas and Georgia, three other technicians that I had an issue on one and other two guys, they had an issue that they run past me. And so having that network is important. It really is. And having that formalized training and building those relationships with those folks, every one of those folks I've had to train, every one of them. They're my go-to guys. They're my phone to friend. Your lifeline in some instances. That's right. What did you start doing first then? Did you start as a technician or did you start inspecting RVs or have you done both side by side the entire time? So my first paid job was a winterization from a coach owner that had owned a coach for 30 years and never winterized it. Wow. And the reason he had never winterized it is because come winter, it was always in Arizona (laughs) or South Florida. Okay. And there was a little bit of owner empowerment there, helping out a friend. And he's, I want to pay you something. I'm like, I did not come to get paid. I'm not there yet. No, I'm paying you something. And so that was my first paid gig. And again, it was for a friend. But my first real call out where someone called me and I went out, did not know these people was for a refrigerator call. And for those who attended in RVTA, the refrigerator class seems to be really popular. It's a lot of fun. There's a few shenanigans <laughs> when you're working on the refrigerators that you think you got it fixed, but while you're on the backside checking something, they're messing something else up for you to try to figure out. The instructor drills you, does a great job of teaching the subject matter and getting you prepared. But Thursday's always a popular day and it's build a refrigerator. And when you walk in, a bad swap meet going on the table (laughs) and it's all the parts for refrigerators and some of them work and some of them don't. And so you've got to go part shop and you've got to be able to identify the part that you need for your specific brand of refrigerator, make sure that part works and then put it on the refrigerator and fire it up. And you've got to do that to two different brands. And looking back on day one of refrigerators to the final day of refrigerators, he has us do several service calls in that week and everybody responds to it very well. And he's probably one of the most popular classes. Sounds like hands-on experience was an even greater benefit than attending the classroom instructor. Oh yeah. We went right into the lab quickly. You learn by doing. How did you get your first customers? So I have a website. I bought some business cards, had some business cards designed, put, went out and I call it shaking and howdy and went out and introduced myself <laughs> and here's a card, that kind of thing. And then there's a lot of power in referrals. There's, there's a lot of power in doing a good job and doing the right thing for someone because they'll tell somebody else. And that's what's happened there. My website, rvinspectionguy.com, I route everyone to that. If someone says, hey, I need you to come out and look at my coach, I said, hey, go to my website. When you go there, you're going to get a pop-up message. Click on repair services. And I have a form set up where they give me their information. Where is it? What is it? What is my name? Where, what is my billing address? What's my phone number, my email? What, what's the problem? 
You know, has anybody worked on it before? Those are some of the things that we ask. And then it auto-populates that, sends it to me, and I get an alert on my phone and my watch that tells me someone's requested services. Okay. So you didn't have to do a lot of advertising to start getting clients to come in? As far as advertising, the website, I've done a few Facebook posts, purchased a little bit of Facebook advertising, done some giveaways, that kind of thing. But more than anything, introducing yourself at parks. And I'll tell you, driving through a park with some logos on your vehicle. I had one gentleman that nearly broke a leg trying to get out of his lawn chair to have a picture of the side of my truck. And later on, he, he called me and I, he, he actually went to our website to check me out and he filled out the form and I, I happened to been, I was camping. I was a few parks away from where he was and he said, I didn't expect you to call me this quick. I'm like, okay, I, I'm sorry. And he said, no, had an air conditioner problem, went out took care of the problem and enjoyed getting to meet him, getting to find out who he was and who his family was and all that. And we knew some of the same people after we got to talking and he wrote a review and referred me out to his friends. But I'll tell you that just going to the parks and introducing yourself and then driving through the park with a very simple magnet with mobile RV repair and your phone number or your website will get you business. It will get you business. When you went through training, did you do the inspector training and technician training all at once, or did you come back for one of those sessions? So as I've said, this is not our first business venture. At the time that I started through this, I was also on city council at home. And so I had to break my trips up to NRVTA, and that's a 738-mile one way for me. So I did fundamentals in September. I did two weeks of inspector in January. I did three weeks of technician in April and May. I did two weeks of technician and solar in June and July. And then I did a week in August for generator. So I made several trips to Texas. You must be on the frequent traveler program. Yes. Yeah. I burned a lot of diesel. At that time. And then since then, we've been to, uh, we've been to Elkhart, to Mishawaka, to Lippert Technical Institute. We've been to Atlanta, to Victron Hands-On Training. We've done a lot of online training with Eric Sale and Aquahot. And then we just came back from the Alliance Rally in, in Elkhart County Fairgrounds, uh, where we got to meet some more folks from the industry and uh, Got a factory tour of the Alliance factory. And so again, more, more experience and making contacts with distributors and things like that. And it, that, that particular trip, I uh, was actually a company. My wife went with me, uh, and had a new trip and a new experience. Again, we're RVers. We enjoy the hobby, the lifestyle. What's your travel area or the primary market area? How far away from where you actually live do you go to inspect or fix an RV? So I have traveled over a hundred miles for an inspection. Uh, there is, there is a mileage charge in that when we look at doing an inspection that far. So yes, I would service, would service farther if the customer needed me to and could agree with our travel extensions. Most of my repairs are probably in my county and the surrounding counties. 
Uh, to be honest with you, probably 60 miles, 70 miles will probably be about it. I got a call today that's about 62 miles away. I have to put them on the list. I'm currently booked up about two and a half, almost three weeks out right now. Even as a mobile tech, that's incredible. Yes, sir. As a mobile tech, it's for us. So in Kentucky, spring break is a big deal. So people start thinking about camping in March. We have a couple of parks that has some full-time residents. Uh, so through the winter, we were doing some work. We had a brutal blast of cold air. So we had a lot of uh, absorption refrigerators with issues. After that blast of cold, and then we had some pop, some water heaters and some heat, some uh, furnaces with issues during the cold. So our season pretty much kicks off in March, and it has been one to two service calls a day. It's really all I've got, all I want to do right now. This surprises uh, me because when I'm looking at the map, it looks as though Central City is located in a triangle between Evansville, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, and Nashville, Tennessee. And so yes. that, I would think, yes. would be your primary area. And there's enough business for you to do inspecting RVs and fixing them to keep you busy full-time. Again, this is not our only business, but I, I don't want to do more than one or two calls a day. Well, I don't want to. I okay. don't want to do that. I'm 50 years old. If I was a young man, I would be knocking this thing out. But i my my customer base, like I said, we're only at 35,000 hours, uh, but we stay busy. We really do. And uh, there's there's enough work for me. And the folks that I've said, look, I'm a few days out before I can get to you. Okay, just keep me on the list. Just let me know when you're coming. As far as inspections, there's a dealership about 20 minutes away from me, a dealership about 35 miles away, and then the other one's about 60 miles away. And I've done inspections at a couple of those dealerships. I've done individual inspections more than anything. And, but like I said, I had no idea that I thought what I was going to do by going to technician training was study me up a little more so I could adequately and more efficiently do an inspection. I really didn't know there was that much demand for me to be doing tech work until I started doing the tech work. So you could so double your income pretty much just by expanding the number of appointments you're willing to take. There's oh, yeah. Because if the guy wanted to work sun up and sun down, he could, yeah. But there's more to life than money. I agree. You got you make a living and you make a life. And and I'm, like I said, I'm 50 years old. I'm more concerned about making a life. And I have grown children now, so we're empty nesting. So I have a 19-year-old and a 24-year-old, and uh, the kids are not at home. We're not doing dance. We're not doing soccer and all of those things. We're, my wife is shocked at really how much business there is out there. She really was. Have you encountered any challenges in inspecting RVs or in doing the tech work? The occasional high-demand customer, and I'm up front with my customers. This is how much things are. This is the service call charge. This is the hourly charge. I have made a decision in my business that I'm not going to do warranty work. Now, there are techs that do, but there is a lot of black office time wasters with that, getting approval, 
then waiting for payment and things like that, that you could add extra hours to the job that, that maybe you, it brings your, it brings your income down per hour because you have to spend so many hours doing these other things. I have done warranty work for Alliance. I've done it for Jayco. I've done it for one of the, one of the warranty service, extended service plan companies, but I'm just, I would rather do business with the customer and then provide the customer a detailed receipt with their VIN number and everything on it, what we did to diagnose, what parts we purchased, all of those things, and then let them contact their warranty for any reimbursement. A person could spend several hours trying to do that to get paid. And I'm just not interested in doing that. Probably my most difficult situation was explaining that to a customer. And the customer, after initial call and the quote to make a repair, the quote was to purchase him a water heater. Uh, he decided he had a service plan and he needed me to contact him. And I said, I explained it to you. I'm, I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. That's something you can do if you like, but that's probably been the biggest challenge. He was really upset, but I, I came and I done what I told him I would do before I ever got there. And, and like I said, he was, he was probably my most difficult. If you had to start over today, would you do anything differently in setting up or doing your business? Like I said, this is not our first business. So as far as business goes, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. The only thing I would say, and again, my situation is different than maybe somebody who's worked or received a W-2 for years and now they want to start a business, but there's a small business course offered when you do come to the NRVTA and Mark Kohler spearheads that. I recommend it. We've been in business of some sort for, for nearly 20 years. And I purchased that package. That's an add-on package that you can buy. I purchased that package and got some books and some literature and some online access to Marcola and some monthly access by way of Zoom calls. And I learned something that I immediately changed in my business. And I've also attended some small business courses locally through our Chamber of Commerce that kind of helped me find my RV business identity, I guess you could say. He was about find something that you do that is unique, that is unique to just you and use that in your marketing plan, whatever that is. If you're the only one that makes red widgets, then, and you're the only one in your state, then you need to say you're the only red widget maker in your state when you advertise and make it unique. And so we tried to do that. We try to treat people just like we want to be treated. I never want to be sold anything. I want to be helped to buy. Or I don't try to sell anything to customers. I offer them products. I offer them solutions to their problem and allow them to make the decision. And then Yes, I will sell it to them if that's what they want. Some folks have to be mindful of budgeting. I have a young lady that just contacted me recently. Her lifelong dream was to buy an RV, and she bought one in California and drove it across the country. And it needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of work. And so we sat down and went through the list of things that needs to be done. And then we said, you know what? 
if you camp at a campground, maybe you don't need a water heater right now. Maybe you can use the shower house. So let's put the water heater further down the list. Oh, but the air conditioner fan went out. You're going to want to have some air conditioning. <laughs> so let's move that to the top of the list. Again, helping her with solutions and not ever talking down to her. Because this is her first shot. This is She's never RV'd before. It's been a lifelong dream. And I told her, I said, look, you're going to have a lot of fun with this. Uh, she has a child that'll be, I think she's 16, 17 years old. I said, your daughter, if kids wrote in a diary, they are going to, she's going to write about what happens this summer with this RV. Very good. Because it's an outside experience. Get out and go somewhere. But I said, let's work your list slowly but surely and get you rigged where you want it over time, being mindful of your budget. Do you have any advice for people who are considering becoming inspectors or mobile service technicians? Grab every bit of information and knowledge that you can in some way, shape, form or fashion. Get the training, get the certificates, find a mentor, find a business mentor, find, find a technician mentor or a inspector mentor. If you have to, Work for free to get some experience beside someone who does have the experience. Whatever you have to do to gain the knowledge. And sometimes it's tearing something apart and fixing it. There's lots of resources out there. There's training available. There's online training. There's manuals. Keep those things close. Build a network. When you go to training, socialize with those folks, get to know them, make sure you get some phone numbers, help where you can, seek help where you need it. That's excellent advice. If people were interested in getting in touch with you, either to get something inspected, get something fixed, or talk about business, how could they get in touch with you? They can go to my website. It is rvinspectionguy.com. On that, there's a pop-up message that allows you to request an appointment for repair services or an inspection consultation. And my phone number's there. I do operate with a mobile phone. It's with me 24-7. But also with that, sometimes it goes to voicemail. So leaving me a voicemail is key to getting a call back. We can't always answer the phone when we're on top of a rig putting an air conditioner on. It's just not safe. All of my info, there's a biography about me and a few pictures of a little blonde-headed, snotty-nosed kid in front of a pop-up camper with his bicycle on training wheels. That's me. I'm a lifelong RVer. It's, uh, I burnt the road up with big wheels and bicycles growing up, and it was a big part of my life. And I wanted to bring that experience to my children so my children would have those memories. And again. They're 19 and 24. My 44-year-old is married, so I have a son-in-law. And Memorial Day weekend, they were all in the coach with us. They We spent the weekend with the kids. And so they might not always want to come home, but they are all game to go camping. It's something that they did growing up, and they got fond memories of that. And at some point in our life, we're hoping to be blessed with a grandchild. And I intend to have my grandchild in mud holes, barefooted, playing outside, just like I was growing up. It's, I've got fond memories with the grandparents and uncles and aunts and my parents as I grew up. 
and family friends. We had some families that camped with us and there's just good memories there. Good memories. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the time, Jared. This has been very good information, very helpful for people who are contemplating getting into the business. And I wish you the best of luck in all of your business ventures, not just inspecting RVs and fixing them, but everything else you seem to be doing too. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Again, if somebody needs me, reach out to me on my website. We have a Facebook page, my mobile number, and several ways to contact me. And I certainly appreciate the opportunity and sitting down talking with you today. I enjoyed speaking with RV inspector and mobile service technician, Jared Douglas. I appreciated his story because he has a heart for helping people with their problems. Jared bought a mobile service van to help him facilitate repairs and he stocks it with an average of $7,000 in parts to ensure that he can complete repairs in one day. He also attached a crane to help him load heavy parts like air conditioners onto RV roofs. Of all the things that he likes about operating a mobile RV repair business, it's the camaraderie Jared has with other technicians and inspectors that he likes the most. They often exchange information with each other which helps everyone grow and improve. The relationships Jared formed while attending training at NRBTA also helped him build a successful business. He said those folks are his phone-a-friend whenever he gets stuck on a problem. Although his initial training was in RV inspections, most of Jared's business today comes from fixing RVs. He built a website, printed some business cards, then Jared went on what he calls a shake and howdy tour to introduce himself to others. Eventually, referrals became one of his greatest sources of new business. He also did a little Facebook advertising and offered some giveaways. But his best source of promotion is simply putting magnetic signs on his work van and driving through campgrounds. Jared is so busy that he is making appointments three weeks out due to the high demand for his services. But that's because Jared is operating other businesses which also need his attention. So he only completes one or two RV service calls or inspections a day. Jared admits that people who want to devote more time to their inspection or mobile repair businesses could develop a profitable business with flexibility to enjoy life too. People can connect with Jared by visiting www.rvinspectionguy.com. This week's episode was sponsored by the National RV Training Academy in Athens, Texas. The Academy's one-week live training or home study course will teach you everything you need to know to fix about 80% of problems people experience with their RVs. You can also sign up for additional training to become an RV inspector, campground technician, or to provide mobile RV service. For more information, visit www.nrvta.com. That's all I have for today's show. Next week, I'll be speaking with an RV inspector from Florida. I'll have that interview on the next episode of... RV Tech Talk. Thank you for listening.